check. On this episode, we talk digital health, and I interview the executive vice president of employer health at Know Your Meds. Hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of RX Radio. I'm your host, Richard Waif, and I'm excited about today's episode. We're going to dive a little bit into digital health, and I'd like to first introduce you to today's guest. I'd like to welcome the Executive Vice President of Employer Health at Know Your Meds, Sanjeev Lutra. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Richard. Good to be here. So uh, we we connected not too long ago um, over just some business-related matters, and uh, I was like, I really need to have this gentleman on my show because you you are have you have an interesting past, and I think you're passionate about digital health and what you're doing. I know your meds, so I'm excited to get to know you a little bit better um, and talk through kind of the product, talk through the company, and and what the vision looks like there. And but before we dive into all of that good stuff, can you first by tell um, start by telling the listeners a little bit about yourself and your past experiences? Sure, happy to do that, Richard. And uh, uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. <laughs> Not good night yet. <laughs> Not good night yet. Just good evening. Um, really, really uh, glad to be here. And uh, Richard, very much appreciate uh, uh, your reaching out to us. <clears throat> and folks, um, give you a quick 30-second background. You say, who the heck is this voice that you're hearing? Uh, the voices of this um uh, should I say young? Uh, I probably shouldn't. Uh, Good looking for person. sure. Oh, thank you, Richard. <laughs> um, someone who's been um, in the healthcare benefits uh, space for uh, for my entire career, thirty plus years. Um, I've been I've uh, had the pleasure of being uh, a consultant uh, to uh, clients. I've also uh, been an entrepreneur, small companies, large companies. But if I look at all those all those experiences over the last uh, many years, um, here's what's here's where the intersection happens. Here's what's common: uh, a, it's about healthcare; b, it's about benefits. That's the functional side, but the value side, you know, that I feel like you know, if I could sit down, you know, once I'm done and retired, and uh, look at my grandkids, they said, "Dad, Granddad, what did you do?" What I did, what I focused on was thinking about healthcare and benefits. What do those mean? What does that mean for an individual, for a user, for a person? So that's been my experience. However, you kind of look at it, you know, all the little uh, ups and downs, the experience have been about what and how do consumers use, access, and should be accessing healthcare. Now, what kind of what led up to know your meds? Because, you know, this particular application is is fairly specific um, in a lot of ways. And and, you know, this is a, a pharmacy, a podcast that involves pharmacy and pharmacists. And, um, you know, so tell us about your background there and, and maybe what led to le- what led to know your meds. Sure. Um, so uh, <clears throat> over the last, I'd say, uh, <clears throat> half a dozen years, um, obviously, you know, the Internet has been uh, you know, booming. A new world has has happened. Uh, you know, back in the 90s, it was Apple. You know, when people first saw um, um the iPhone, and I still remember, you know, sitting in uh, in this little uh, little company that uh, I was part of in Silicon Valley uh, back in the '90s. You know, Steve Jobs came on, and he was talking about the iPhone, and it was a live uh, webinar 
uh, that, that Steve was conducting and we were watching it, we said, wow, this device, you know, and, uh, and, his, and, and, and Steve Jobs' uh, famous uh, um, ability to, to communicate, he said, oh, one more thing. And then he showed this iPhone. And he said, you know, I don't even have a stylus. I have a finger that always stays with me. And he started showing the experience of the iPhone and so on. And, you know, and I was looking at that along with my, along with my CEO at that time. And we said, wow, this is a game changer. This is about how people, how consumers should be interacting with technology. That was in the 90s, you know, not, you know, a few years ago. And you kind of look at this. And so over the last half a dozen or so years, I've had the pleasure, I've had the opportunity to, uh, uh, to be more in the digital health space. Um, prior to Know Your Meds, I was with another digital healthcare company that was also focused on medications. Uh, and I learned so much just thinking about everything that's happening with connectivity and virtual and you know on-site uh, digital interactions with providers and you know the phone, the device. What we have in our hands is such a powerful computer, which didn't exist you know, ten years ago, fifteen years ago. And to be able to bring that and you know and everyone, all of us. We have the device with us. We leave 24-7, the device is with us. And so how can we create a new ecosystem of healthcare, leveraging this piece that's stuck to us? That's the opportunity, and that's why I was excited. And uh, Know Your Meds um, uh, had, you know, gave, us, gave, gave me the opportunity to say, hey, we already have this infrastructure. What can we do? How can we leverage this? in one of the most prominent areas in off medications, you know, people take medications, you know, if you look at the stats of, of, of folks in the U S it's incredible. The amount of meds that all of us consume. And unfortunately, 80% of the time, we don't even read the instructions. So we popping all this, popping these pills and putting stuff inside our bodies. We don't even know what the interactions of these things might be. So, uh, it's really a congruence of a number of forces that kind of brought me to, um, you know, saying, gee, know your meds, this could be a great opportunity. So, uh, and then connecting with, uh, with, with our CEO and, uh, and our founders, you know, with this phenomenal vision of saying, what can we do for consumers leveraging digital health, technology, medications, health, those forces are just too powerful. So, hence, uh, Hence, hence my, uh, my, my desire, uh, my aspiration for uh, being here, Richard. So I think it's really interesting that you brought up the, the iPhone and kind of the genesis and how, you know, obviously at the time people were wowed, but we probably had no idea what it was going to be like 10 years later in 2021. Um, and I think it's actually really crazy that we've all kind of almost become cyborgs with having a, such a powerful computer in our pocket. Obviously it's not, you know, implanted to our brain just yet, but it, it's close. It's that close where it's, it's always a, a hand reach away. And what I think is powerful about it is its ability to allow healthcare to be on the patient's terms and on their own, like it could actually be specified to them on their own terms with the information that they need. So I guess with that, can you maybe give us a little bit more information is what is know your meds exactly? I mean, the, the website says it's, it's reimagined digital health assistant. So what, 
what is Know Your Meds and what does that actually mean exactly when you say a digital health assistant? Perfect segue, uh, Richard. Um, so as we look at that, you know, here's how I think about it. So digital health assistant, for whom? It's for an individual. So the one thing that, that, that we always keep at the front of our minds, it's, it's, it's our core premise, is who is most worried? Who is most concerned? Who's the one thinking the most about a person's health? There's only one answer. That's you. That's the individual. The individual, the individual's family, the individual's social structure, his friends and family. They are the ones that influence a person's health. And so if, if I want a digital health assistant, if I want someone to guide me, to help me manage my health care, it has to be on my terms. And my terms, Richard, are probably very different than your terms, right? Mm-hmm. And so you think about it, so when you say a digital health assistant, it's a, it's a tool, it's a means for me, Sanjeev, and you, Richard, to have something from a company like Know Your Meds, but each of us want to use it, need to use it differently. So as an example, um, you know, I could be someone, I can, you know, left brain anal that says, you know, everything has to be, you know, organized and so on. You could be totally different, Richard. You could say, you know what, just give me the information and get out of my way. You know, maybe you want no, um, you know, uh, messages coming to you. You said, you know, here's information. If I need help, you know, you might raise your hand. I, on the other hand, might be someone that needs help every day. So what Know Your Meds is able to do is, is it's able to interact with Richard very differently than the way it interacts with Sanjeev based on what my terms are, which might be very different than your terms. So that's the piece of um, the personalization that's underneath this concept of digital health assistant. The second notion is a health assistant has many dimensions. One dimension is medications, hence our name, Know Your Meds. For many of us, healthcare starts with medications. That's how we started, and that's one dimension of a digital health assistant, medications. The second dimension is conditions. You know, I take medications for a condition. I take a statin med because I have heart conditions. So there's a connection of my meds to a condition. Another dimension of conditions is your vitals. You know, I take a statin, I take atorvastatin for my heart condition. I need to monitor my blood pressure because I also have cholesterol. And I need to see a cardiologist every six months for a stress test, right? So that's my profile. And so as a digital health assistant, what Know Your Meds needs to be able to give Sanjeev is a tool on my terms that has meds that says, hey, it's for your cardiac condition. Have you seen your cardiologist every six months? And when was the last time you had a stress test? And that's what the health assistant does, provides me the ability to monitor, track, manage, control, learn those elements. 
that's how I think about a digital health assistant. Did that did that help, Richard? Did that yeah. kind of clarify for you? And for the record, you, you definitely described me well in terms of like I just need the information and, and then you can get out of my way <laughs> when I want it to happen. But, um, <laughs> so I think I think you yeah, did a good job of reading. I didn't even know that, me. Richard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what's what's really interesting too is that I like how you you talked about how it starts with your meds and. A lot of times, you know, a, a health, a person's journey is starts with pharmacists and ends with pharmacists, which is really interesting and, and which obviously entails treatment and therapeutics. And um, one thing that I wanted to maybe get an understanding also is like, what is it? What does a journey look like? So you did give an example in terms of the, um, you know, the stress tests with someone that has uh, cardiovascular vitals that they're trying to monitor. But how does this help someone manage their medications? Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Happy to. Happy to. So. Um let me answer it uh, this way, uh, Richard. I, I, I'll, I'll give you a specific example. Um, so the example is, um, I in fact know of a consumer, you know, as part of my um, uh, over the past many years, um, where this consumer was on a, a regimen of meds. Uh, you know, very happy, and you know, uh, she was also like me, type A. You know, very analyst. You know, I'm taking this meds. I'm going to keep track of everything. Did a great job. She ended up going to a dentist. And, you know, different healthcare system went to the dentist, um, had a crown, and the dentist said, you know, uh, here's an antibiotic you should take after your crown uh, procedure. She went home, well, on the way, stopped at the pharmacist, uh, picked up her med, brought it home, and she entered that med in her digital health assistant app. One of the capabilities, one of the features of the app is it can give you a drug-drug interaction um, information or warning. And this DDI warning looked at her existing meds because, again, she was anal. She had entered all her meds in the app. She entered this new med saying, I'm about to take this antibiotic. And it came back and said, pitching red flashing things. Do not take this med. There could be some very high um, drug interactions with this. Please call, Please contact your... Your uh, doc. She ended up calling her doc or, or her pharmacist. PCP. Or pharmacist. You got to put that in there. I hope there's a message in there saying or pharmacist. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, that's where I want to go, right? So she ended up calling her PCP in this case. Um, but what I'd like to be able to do, especially in today's healthcare world, you know, the pharmacist needs to be an active part of a person's health condition. But in any event, as if I can just finish the story. So she called her clinician. The clinician said, oops, do not take this med. There was going to be a very severe reaction. And so I, you know, I, that example to me is always front and center. And so I look at that and say, you know, what are we trying to do for the average consumer, you know, people out in the community, right? They need to be able to ask these questions at moments that matter, at the right time, at the time that they're about to take a medication. Who should they be calling versus who they call? In my mind today are two different situations, and that's where the opportunity is, Richard. Right? How can we have that consumer at that time where they're about to take a medication or they're on a medication or they're having some reaction? They need to feel comfortable reaching out to someone. Who are they going to reach out to? That to me is the opportunity. And that's where I'd love to be able to figure out, and maybe we can, we can have that discussion, Richard, is 
what does this mean for pharmacists as an example? What does it mean for your for your audience? You know, why should they care about our conversation right now? Love to be able to go there if if and when that makes sense, Richard. Yeah, I mean, we we should. What are your thoughts on that? Like, let's if you're because you are technically you're talking to you know a group of pharmacists right now or pharmacy students um, or yeah. people interested in the space and you know why is that important? So here's 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 you know I'll, I'll give you my um, um, I don't know if it's naive or jaded or what adjectives you want to use. Um, but here's what I do. As I'll, let me take myself as an example, and maybe I'm atypical, maybe I'm not. I'll keep that for a different conversation. But me as an individual, you know, even though I'm, you know, very focused on reading and instruction and so on, I get a prescription from a doc. Doc says, "Where do you want to have it filled?" As you know, I just have it filled at CVS. I go pick up my med. You know, the technician at the counter says, you have any questions for the pharmacist? I said, nope, I'm done. Because I'm running out. I take my meds and I run out. And I go home and I pop my pills. Not once do I read the big bag, you know, the white bag with, you know, like 10 pages of stuff that's on it from, you know, you could die to everything that could happen. I don't read any of that stuff. I get home, I take the pill and I'm done. I move on. If and when I have a question on my med, I don't know who to call. Do I have a personal connection with the CVS pharmacist at like, you know, in the suburb of Boston that I'm sitting in? No. And why could that not be the case? You know, why could there not be a, you know, a person, you know, that says, you know, if I can, if I could have my care team, you know, could I, what if I could call you, Richard, say, you know, Richard, I have your cell phone. Hey, Richard, I'm about to take this medication. What does it mean? You know, it's the same. I'll, I'll give you a, a, you know, a related but separate example, Richard. As a consumer, when you need to um, find a doc, you know, you go through your open enrollment, get your benefits and so on. Many of these plans say, take a primary care physician. What do you do? Yeah, you go on the network and on the you know network directory and so on. You say, who's in network? And you have these you know five thousand names of people. You don't know anyone. Who do you ask? You ask your friends. You ask your family members. Hey, do you know Doctor Smith? What do you think? And you ended up choosing someone that someone recommends. Your family recommends. Your friends recommend. And then you start building a connection. Why can we not have a connection with a pharmacist? You know, someone who says, hey. This is Richard. I want to call Richard. If and when I have a question on anything connected to medications, I don't want to call a 1-800 number and say, okay, what's your SSN? Who are you? That's not what I want. You know, so I want to be able to say, you know, this is Richard Sell, speed dial. Richard, hey, it's me. You know, and you have me in your contact. You know who I am. I ask you a question. You tell me and I go away. That's the kind of personalization. That's the kind of connection. And if we can use technology like an iPhone to be a companion to that and add that, that human element from someone that I trust, life could be very different. I think you're making Sorry, the argument for... No, no, I think what, this is great because there's two arguments there I think that you, you, can, you can make points on, which is A, 
the pharmacy that you go to, whether it is a CVS or whether maybe, you know, we need to have you start going to your local independent shops uh, to get, you know, some more personalized attention. But either in either case, I think that there's always more of an opportunity to for that pharmacist that you do that does actually dispense your medication to do a better job at building a relationship. Because I think what a lot of pharmacies probably go through is, you know, it, it's 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 a emotion throughout the day where it's just you're seeing one patient after another and you're 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 re, you're thinking that everything that happens with that pharmacy's healthcare happens right at that counter of the pharmacy whereas in reality that's probably like the worst time for a patient to like actually get counseling on their medication same thing being discharged from the hospital like these are like the worst times for people to ask questions about their medications because they just have so much other stuff going on versus like you mentioned when you get home maybe you have a question and that's where things like technology starts to play a bigger role but I think one, we need to do a better job at, at being able to extend the relationship beyond the pharmacy counter. But then also there's a whole nother market and opportunity, which I do believe that there's companies working on, you know, networks like these where there's, you know, a network of personal pharmacists where, you know, the pharmacist has nothing to do with how you got your medication, but everything to do with why you, why are you taking it? Is that the right medication for right. you? Um, you know, what are, um, you know, what, what does this mean now that you're taking this now? What does this mean for you six months down the line? So I think, you know, there's two aspects there to consider, which both can happen in parallel, but either way, I think there's a huge opportunity in, in either case. That's, I couldn't have said it better myself, Richard. That's absolutely phenomenal. That's exactly right. So let's just get back to basics. Let's get back to the simple thing, right? You, you hit it right on, right on the nail, right? You said, you know, care happens outside of a five-minute interaction. You know, you see a pharmacist for, you know, 30 seconds, pick up your pills. You see a doc for, you know, five minutes before, you know, his next appointment is sitting in the lobby. That's, you know, and, you know, you rush, you're nervous, you have all these things, you know, you have 20,000 things going on. You come home, take a breath, you think about it, or in the middle of the night, you have a question. All this stuff needs to happen outside. So when you have a question, A, you need someone to be able to reach out to and technology can help. B, you need to have that trust. And C, it's that's when, you know, if, if you can if you can connect those things and get back to basic education, gee, why am I taking this pill? What am I trying to do? You know, what are some things I should be measuring? These are things that, you know, that's the basic education that all of us need. And we all need that in different ways, in different terms. So that's just absolutely correct, Richard. Thank you for 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 uh, mentioning that so uh transitioning off of that what does the future for for know your meds look like i mean well i guess this, this is a good transition of that but what is what does this mean for the future of of know your meds and um you know what sort of features are on the roadmap and um you know maybe maybe you can give us some highlight of, of features that is currently there now but maybe what you're really excited about for the future that m might be coming to the platform so um let me let me talk about uh, in uh, in in couple of buckets, uh, Richard. So bucket number one is the digital plus human connection. And I'll expand on that in a second. Bucket number two is what can we do in the digital bucket. So let me take both of those. Uh, I'll take the digital bucket first. So digital by itself, you know, I got this smartphone in my pocket. What can that do for me, the consumer, in terms of being my health assistant? 
Here's what it can do. It can personalize the information so that it's only about me. So let me give you an uh, analogy. So uh, I'm an you know, Indian dude. So my ethnicity is Indian. The things that, you know, for my age, for my gender, for my ethnicity, for my medications, for my care conditions, for my vitals, for my BMI, I have certain, um, you know, certain things that will happen to me from a health perspective that are not going to happen for you, Richard. So while both of us might be required to have a colonoscopy at 50, there might be different things for me versus you based on ethnicity as an example. So how do I bring, you know, things like artificial intelligence into our app on the digital side, such that the messaging that's coming from Know Your Meds for me versus you reflects that difference between you and me. You know, it reflects the differences that I'm already taking a statin and you are not. Right? It needs to be able to bring those kinds of elements. There's so much information. There's so much data. But how can we leverage AI to be able to bring that in a personalized way on my terms? That's where the digital enhancements come. So that's, that's one bucket that we are constantly working on to say, what more can we bring? The second bucket, which really was the first one that, that, that I touched on earlier, is the notion of digital plus human. What does that mean? So I believe, you know, we absolutely need to continue down the path of expanding the digital piece, but we still need to have a little human element, a little human element where I can call Bob, I can call my trusted advisor. That's where I want, you know, I'd love to be able to figure out how can I bring in that connection to that consumer? I, you know, can I can I connect? You know, in my case, when I went to the CVS pharmacist, I wasn't able to establish that rapport, that relationship. How can I do that? Can I bring that in? And if I can bring that in, so you know, I have my phone. I'm getting all this. You know, ninety percent of the interaction is the content coming to me personalized. And if and when I have a question, I can send a question back, chat to you know, I can have all these AI bots and so on in the app. But maybe sometimes I do want to talk to a real person. And you know, I'll give you the example of, you know, of these, you know, 65, 75-year-olds, you know, the Medicaid Advantage population. You know, we can have digital things for them and so on. What's what's the one thing that's been horrible for this group because of COVID? It's the loneliness, right? They need that personal interaction, right? I want to be able to talk to someone. And technology is great. I can sit at my screen and do all that 24-7. But gee, I really, really want to hang out with someone. So I'd love to be able to get that element in our features, in our, in our, in our, in our product roadmap to say, it's about digital. It's about digital plus human. That's what this is about. So you, you bring up an interesting point about the, you know, a certain age population that might suffer from loneliness and, and, and maybe they're not, and, and they have, you know, um, you know, family members in the household, but still want to utilize the technology. There's, I think there's a big misconception in terms of what people think is the actual reality of um, seniors utilizing 
smartphones and technology. Can you share a little bit about the data that you might have in terms of um, how seniors are utilizing your technology? Uh, you know, if is there something surprising that the listeners might um, might be interested in hearing about what you've seen with with what you might have expected or what the general population might expect versus what's actually happening with seniors utilizing the platform? Absolutely. I'll, I'll give you a couple examples here, Richard. Um, example one. Uh, so this was, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. You know, I'm on my merry way, you know, talking to employers and say, hey, guys, you know, um, and talking to peers and saying, here's digital health. Here's what we should be doing. And so the first question they said was, gee, uh, I think we should do this. You know, we should apply this in Medicare Advantage population area. Uh, but, you know, my... My father is 75 and, you know, he's not going to use a smartphone and so on. I said, guys, so we did, we did a couple of things. One, I looked a whole bunch of statistics, you know, on smartphone adoption. In the last four years, it's absolutely unreal. But the second thing, to even make it more, more personal, you know, um, we looked at what are the statistics of um, of usage by people on digital platforms like uh, Anoyo Meds, we analyzed you know users who are 65 and up versus users who are less than 65. And so, how actively are these people using the app, right? And and usage of the app could be in many ways. You know, it could be reading healthcare content. You know, entering yeah, I taken my meds or just interacting with the app. And what was surprising was we found more usage, more engagement of people 65 plus on the app than people below 65. That so my message back to, you know, so my message back to the audience was, hey, by the way, you know, my 75 year old dad would be using technology because more and more people are. The second, they end up using it more than, you know, the young dudes. So, you know, anyways. That's so, interesting. Yes, that was fascinating. That was interesting. Yeah, I think, you know, we, I, I think sometimes too, it just has, it, it depends, right? Like I have, even in my own family, I have a 90 year old um, grandmother-in-law who, you know, is, will FaceTime us daily um, on her iPad, you know? And, um, yeah. but in, in, within the same family, you know, I have a grandmother-in-law on the other side that is, uh, doesn't have inter- access to internet, you know, because of, of the area that she lives sure. in and she just doesn't want it. And, um, you know, so sometimes it does depend, but I do think there's a, uh, there's a misconception of that utilization, especially in certain demographics, um, or in certain uh, cities, uh, regarding right. age groups. It, it, yeah. In fact, I have to give you, I have to, I have to tell you this, 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 this really, this really funny story, Richard. So, um, we have, we have, we have uh, three kids, you know, the older kids are 29 and 29 now twins and our youngest is, um, 12. So when the 12 year old is like two, we were living in Silicon Valley at that time. I had this, you know, my, my, my iPhone and my home screen on that iPhone. When this little, little kid was, was, was two, you know, I had the picture of my two older kids, the twins, you know, so, you know, this two year old is, you know, sitting in the corner and crying or something. And so obviously I just gave him my cell phone, my, my smartphone, so I, you know, play with it, go away. <laughs> that, so that's the strategy he's playing with it. right exactly you know <laughs> so he's like hanging there you know and there's no noise coming so after about 15 minutes say, hey you know there's no noise so like what's 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 happening so kind of i walk over to him 
and you know, I take the smartphone back from him. And what this two-year-old has did, this, the home screen had changed from the home screen photo of the two older kids and had been replaced by a photo of, of, of himself. <laughs> That's awesome. So he had gone into settings. He got into photos. He found the photo of himself. I don't know <laughs> what he did. I'm like, dude, you know, and this is a two-year-old. It just floored me. Just floored me. So, you know, so we talk about people not being comfortable with technology and so on. You know, we really have to make it so intuitive. You know, if, 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 yeah, I mean, that's why I'm just, and I'll never forget that, that, that Steve Jobs video. And if you, I don't know if you've ever, ever seen that, Richard. Yeah, I've seen it. You should, yeah, you should, you should, you should find it and just say, you know, when he first announced the iPhone and how he did that was absolutely genius. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, it's available on YouTube if anyone wants to, you know, look that up. It's it's a common video on there, a, a highly viewed video on there. But so one thing, uh, switching gears a bit, uh, diving a little bit more into kind of the professionals at Know Your Med. So one thing I'm passionate about is really showing how pharmacists, uh, you know, and our skill sets have a lot of value in, in companies that aren't traditional roles, like just, you know, being a staff pharmacist at a, at a community pharmacy or, or at a health system. Um, and how we just yeah. have the capability of having uh, an expanded role in a lot of different healthcare organizations. So what what roles do healthcare professionals have at Know Your Meds? And the very important question is, is there a pharmacist that's working there? Um, so uh, directly day-to-day -day basis, no, we don't have a pharmacist. Um, okay, so we're, we immediately we need one. to fix this. <laughs> we do. We do need to fix that. We're going to find you a pharmacist. <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you and 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 i'm sure you will not even take a commission right Richard? <laughs> not a, no no i i do not want one <laughs> don't want it no but, but but seriously so in fact we do have um uh, uh a pharmacist uh who's who's an advisor to us he's on our advisory board uh jay gupta uh you might you might know of him uh, richard um but so jay jay is an advisor but in terms of you know uh day-to-day -day, uh staff and management no we don't have one but obviously jay is someone who does guide us um but the one thing that that i guess i would say is um you know what i'd love to be able to uh, figure out is how can we get the you know the it's 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 back to some of the things we we, we kind of touched on which how do we get that knowledge about medications in simple English, in simple words, that really means something, right? So, I mean, I can look at all the Cerner data. I can look at all that information that exists and, you know, it's written for, you know, a PhD audience or a graduate school audience, and even they don't understand it, right? So can I bring in, how do I bring in that kind of, you know, normal level conversation. I'm not saying, you know, the average person is average consumer is stupid. But why do we need to make language so technical? Right? And so that to me is like one role I, you know, I'd love to be able to figure out how we can have a pharmacist um, you know, be part of us to kind of kind of help us make that happen. Yeah, that I mean that sounds like the ideal role for what a pharmacist um, you know, could play in. I mean obviously there's different pharmacists have different skill sets in terms of what their abilities are and whether it's like research, whether it's like clinical decision-making. But I think there is a, there is a subset of pharmacists that the skill set is to, you know, take complicated situations and, and ideas and thoughts and make it into something where anyone can understand. Because I think what's, what's important to realize too about health literacy is that 
health literacy a lot of times it doesn't a lot of times your 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 educational background does play a role but a lot of times it doesn't you know a lot of times the smartest individuals whether they're a lawyer or um, a banker or you know whatever they're into investing that doesn't mean that their health literacy might be where it, where it needs to be to um, communicate some of this information effectively so um, and I think pharmacists are great for that um, and it's definitely a role that a pharmacist can play um, but even yeah. but even in the steps as like because obviously a lot of times these things are algorithms that are built in but I think there's also a role where a pharmacist can help with, um, you know, the, the algorithm of what, so we, we realize that you were prescribed this medication and, and we realize that this is a potential problem, but what's the next best step there? Um, mm -hmm. what, what yeah. would be advice to that patient to do? And I think pharmacists actually play a really good role there as well. They do. And in fact, that, you know, is you know, maybe some of my, uh, some of my biases might, might, might be coming true. Um, you know, I, I think about, um, you know, one of the things, so I'll, I'll give you, again, a personal example. A personal example is, you know, uh, yes, over the years, as many of us, and I've been on many, on many medications. So, you know, without taking names of my mail-order pharmacy or the pharmacy I go to and so on, you know, what's the stuff that I get from those apps and those systems? You know, get this little, little message. Hey, it's time, you know, your refill is ready. You know, you want to, you know, click here, send me, you know, you want a refill, you know, and we'll send you automatic refills and so on, you know, which is great. But what if I'm not ready for a refill yet? Right. So somehow I get the feeling, and maybe it's me, I get the feeling that, you know, there's a, the transaction is what's being pushed. And, you know, there might be business reasons for putting a transaction or, you know, there might be other reasons for pushing a transaction. But I get, I get nervous. I, as an individual, get nervous. Saying, Wait, why is someone pushing pills on me? What I'd rather have is a conversation, rather the education to say, hey, is that the right pill? How's it doing? Did it do what it was supposed to? And why didn't it do what it was supposed to? And do you still need to take it and so on? Let's have those conversations. And then if the answer is yes, it did everything was supposed to, but you still need to take it, only then we should be filling it more. So how do we bring in, you know, let's not just focus on the transaction. Let's bring in that other conversation, that elements, to then say, you know, help me help myself. But just don't say, you know what, let's just do a transaction because I make, you know, two cents on the dollar every time I do a transaction or whatever the number is. And that's where I think the value needs to come in. That's where the health assistant, that's where the digital and human, that's where the conversation is. Mm -hmm. Does that, is that, does that make sense to you, Richard? It does. It does. I think, I think, you know, I'm excited to see where, where this will go and, um, and where technology will allow, you know, some of these more human conversations to happen and, and enter in some of these human elements as the technology starts to improve and, and become more widespread. So it's, it's definitely a wait. Uh, did we just did we just set up a next uh, podcast topic? <laughs> hey, look! If this becomes a part two, we can dive into that. I'm all for it. So this is a fascinating conversation for me, for sure. So one of the uh, the last question I want to ask is, um, you know, maybe just pick your brain a little bit. What what's outside of obviously, of course, knowing your meds? What is what excites you the most about digital health? Like, is there a company, a product? Um, I know you you mentioned how you know great and and. Uh, groundbreaking the iPhone was, but is there anything more recent that you were really excited about in terms of a piece of technology? Um, give us some insight into what your thoughts are there. Yes. 
So um, I'll give you a personal example and then, and then I'll generalize that. So um, the other day, you know, I, was at, I had my, had my uh, annual check-in with, with my doc. And he said, uh, dude, you're taking all these meds, but, you know, given the young age that you're at, you should start, uh, you know, monitoring your blood pressure. God damn it, Doc. Why? He said, no, no, no. You, you, you really should. I said, okay, fine. So I said, you know, can you make it simple for me? Is there like a little gizmo I can get and just, you know, the gizmo will send me a reminder to say, hey, you know, take your blood pressure and then automatically, magically it gets on my, you know, on this thing that's connected to me 24-7, my device, my phone. And then I wanted to go into my Know Your Meds app and everything hunky-dory so I can look at that. So yeah, there is. There's tons of these, you know, blood pressure devices you can get. You know, hundred bucks, go get one, and it's FSA compatible. So great, uh, and it's all Bluetooth, so on and so on. So I said, great. So I went and bought one. You know, I ended up buying an Omron. You know, I take my uh, blood pressure every morning. I get a little alert to my Know Your Meds app. Say, hey, time for your uh, blood pressure reading. And come into my office, put the blood pressure monitor on. Uh, it says, quick, transfer, transfers to Omron, transfers from Omron to Apple Health, from Apple Health, it goes directly to Know Your Meds. It's all there. And I say, okay, that was simple, right? So I'm doing something totally different, you know, but again, it's part of my health assistant, right? So it comes in, I'm not touching any wires, I'm not doing anything, I'm not saying, here's my USB, oh God, I need an HDMI cable. No, I don't need any cables, nothing. So it's the automatic thing, automatic thing coming through. And that's just one example. So let me let me expand that. Where do I see this going? What's the big thing? What companies do I think about? I think about Internet of Things. I think about how can all this information, you know, um, I look at my Apple Health record sitting at, you know, Brigham and Mass General, my my providers here, here in Boston. You know, I wanted to import my, my meds. And... It gave me the last 20 years of my medications. Shit, I don't want 20 years of meds. I just want the last three months, right? So there's all this content, but how do you streamline that and make it simple for the consumer so I can then decide, you know what? I just want these three meds from this doc. I want my blood pressure reading from Omeron. Um, you know, I did have a, you know, a blood test done at Quest, you know, three months ago. I want that coming in. I want all that. So I can control that. So the Internet of Things, all these devices and connectivity, that's great on my terms, however. And so that's why, you know, when you hear all this thing about, you know, Facebook and Apple talking about privacy and so on, what is that, you know, what's the one thing that is critical for solving that? It's the consumer in the middle. It's me. Me. I, I need to be able to say, you know what, here's what I want to control. So that to me is the great Big aha, big opportunity there, the Internet of Things, with me in the middle, being able to control that, say, Omron, come here. Brigham Data, come here. Quest, come here. On my terms, and no, I do not want to share this with uh, my wife. Maybe I do. Uh, or I want to share this with my doc or my pharmacist. Let me decide that. So back to one of the things we said earlier. Me. Right, and there's some people who are not worried about the health, and maybe this is not for them. But for people who are, they need the tools, they need the ability to manage that. That's what I'm hoping we can all do. That's awesome. 
I, uh, again, fascinating conversation. And if people wanted to connect back with you um, after this episode and, and maybe learn more, um, or where can they learn more also about Know Your Meds? Is, is there a website, um, a place on social media? Where can they learn more? www.knowyourmeds.com. All one word, Know Your Meds. And now, in fact, we've also launched knowyourhealth.com. But to keep it simple, Know Your Meds, go there. Send us an email. There's a contact button. Send us an email. We'd love to connect with you. Love to talk to you. Love to see what we can do together. Who knows? Digital health is here to stay. Let's make it happen for people on their terms, the way they want healthcare, the way each of us wants healthcare. That's the opportunity. Sanjeev, thank you so much for your time. Really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you. Appreciate it very much. Good luck and uh, have a nice day. Really hope you enjoyed that episode. I'm really excited to see where uh, some of these digital health assistants going to go. Uh, I think, you know, I, I think it's important to do an episode like this because a lot of times pharmacies, um, I know sometimes you want to provide your patient with, you know, some sort of app or some some way to help them manage their medications a little bit better. Sometimes the current app you're using is just isn't cutting it. So um, I think something like Know Your Meds is great. Make sure to connect with them on social media. Uh, you can find them on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And their handle is at Know Your Meds app. Um, so make sure to connect with them. I'll obviously put that information in the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe to RX Radio if you haven't yet. As always, I really do appreciate you tuning into the episodes and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.